Welcome to The Read Along. A mini book club for your ears. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at at a time. time. Do you like talking about movies? Do you like talking about mediocre movies? Do you like talking about how you could have fixed mediocre movies? Well, I certainly do, and you can listen to me, Scott C. Bourgeois, along with my co-hosts Greg Beaver and Liam Kreswick, as we give our notes, and I have some notes. You can follow it now on your podcatcher of choice, or support it by visiting patreon.com slash I have some notes. So we are recording, uh, the winds are not, and uh, this is perhaps a topical time to be discussing the royals because, of course, the coronation of King Charles just occurred this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was already the king. (laughs) Well, yeah, he was already the king, but but this was his coronation. Yeah, this was the big pomp and ceremony. So uh, I didn't watch any of it other than like seeing a couple clips here and there from the internet. Neither Anita or I are particularly royal watchers, though we have some friends who are. Yeah. Yeah. And I will probably watch fun clips of it. Apparently there's internet memes already flying around about some crazy stuff that maybe happened. Let's be fair. I mean, any big elaborate royal ceremony is going to be kind of silly. And so the internet is going to have fun with that. And when you're discussing the royal family, there's a section of the internet that's going to also want to like deflate that a little bit. Yeah. With a little bit of fun. Right, of course. And of course, conspiracy theories run rampant all the time. And this is something we didn't discuss when we started this novel. And it maybe was worth mentioning at the time and uh, certainly is worth mentioning now. Obviously, the royal family is a controversial topic. There are a lot of people who don't believe there should be a monarchy in <laughs> at all ever anywhere in yeah. the modern age. Certainly in Canada, where we are a former colony. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of anti-colonialist uh sentiment nowadays as well. Um, and one of the biggest colonizers in the world was the UK and specifically Britain and the Queen never really apologized for her part in that unfortunate history. Yeah. And the royal family kind of needs to account for that at some point and, and hasn't and doesn't show any signs of doing so in the near future. So as an institution, it's a little problematic. And I can see why some people would want to push back against a big, elaborate, expensive oh, yeah. it, coronation. It absolutely makes sense. And why a lot of people were particularly vocal over the weekend about their not being particularly fond of the royal family. Now, I think it's worth saying that Anita and I, I mean, we're coming from a privileged position. We're both white people living in Western civilization. So In Canada, yeah. uh, I think it's safe to say that neither of us are particularly for or against. And one of the main reasons we really picked this novel was simply because, lover or hate her, the queen is an interesting character. Yeah. And in all honesty, when we picked this novel, the fact that a coronation was happening in our future had not crossed my mind. No, and Nita was the one who ultimately gave the thumbs up on this one. And and I think I'm not putting words in your mouth when I say that it's because, again, 
Queen Elizabeth II as a detective seems like a fun idea. Yeah, that's exactly it. It and wasn't it I wasn't even thinking about it yeah. when we when we were surfing the novels and I was like, "Oh, this one seems interesting. The queen is a detective. Like that's a fun twist." Yeah. So that and that was the motivation there. So Yeah. But I I think it's worth addressing. Yes, we recognize that there are some people who have issue with the royal family for innumerable reasons. But that is why we picked this novel, and, and we're going to continue with it. So, yeah. Yeah. With that said, I guess we'll uh, we'll do a little recap of Chapter 3, in which we, we get a little bit more about, I'm going to call them our prime suspects, Meredith and uh, Yuri and Masha. Yes. And then we catch back up with the Queen, who is summoned back to learn some more information from Sir Simon, right. but along the way also meets up with some spies <laughs> who have been in the castle for a little while, it seems. They were called in uh, for a mysterious clandestine meeting. Uh, I forget what the code word was for it. Inter- international matters or something like that? Indeed. So uh, She's like, oh, this is one of those meetings. Yeah. And uh, that leads us into... Chapter 4 of The Winds Are Not by S.J. Bennett. Okay, so we start with a bunch of staff gossip. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, you've you've watched Upstairs, Downstairs, you've watched Downton Abbey. You know that when something happens in a household, the oh, staff knows. Oh, the it. whispers begin. Yeah. It made me smile because by the time I got to the end of those paragraphs, I was like, this is so very British (laughs) that those working in service in the castle are all whispering about it and everyone's got a theory and, oh, I hadn't heard that bit of information. And it was amusing. Yeah. If you've ever watched Gosford Park, um, it's a film where a a murder happens in a household during a party. uh, And it's the, uh, the staff who actually know more about what's going on generally than oh, the upstairs people. 100% the staff Who are a little, a little more out of touch. And it's actually very funny because, uh, and this isn't really a spoiler for Gosford Park if you've never watched it, which you should. It's quite good. Um, the police are more interested in what the upstairs people have to say than the downstairs people. Ah. Uh, despite the fact that the downstairs people know more about what's going on because they're more plugged into the day-to-day of the household. Of course. But the police just discount them as like, oh, well, the staff don't know these people. Well, we're, we're talking to his friends and his peers. Yeah, but the staff know things. Oh, but the staff know things. And the staff kind of know things here. And one of the things that they know is where Brodsky was staying which is something we didn't know before. We yes. kind of maybe presumed he was staying in a guest suite. No, he was he was part of the staff. Yeah, for this he was together. because he wasn't an invited guest. He right? was he was hired as a performer, so that counted him as staff, which meant he was in uh, this specific set of quarters. Yeah, basically right? in in part of the staff quarters where visiting staff stay. Yeah, so he was actually staying in the same place as the two Russian ballerinas. Yes, and also with Masha and Yuri's ladies' maid and valet. Valet. They were all kind of staying in the same area, and this obviously brings them into the picture as possible suspects and that is touched upon a little later in the chapter let's let's put a pin in that we'll come back to suspects let's carry on because immediately after we meet all the staff we get to meet rosie yeah rosie finally comes into the picture now we knew she was going to because she's in the blurb yes 
and that she's going to be of particular help to Her Majesty in solving this case. Yes. I'm a little disappointed that it took us four chapters to meet Rosie. I like her a lot. Yeah, well, she was flying back from her cousin's wedding, which apparently, and she's a little embarrassed to admit this, was planned around her ability to attend. Right? So she must be very close with this particular cousin. Yeah. Because she has accepted this prestigious job as, like, the undersecretary to the queen. It's known that, like, the royal family comes first. This is the career she's chosen, and if they want to have her at the wedding, they need to plan around a time when she can take a break. Right. And they did. And this week was supposed to be pretty quiet. So she was allowed to go to this wedding and take several days off. And then a murder happened. And now, oh, goodness. And she's unaware of this at first. All she knows is that there must be an emergency because she's been getting like constant messages from yeah. Sir Simon to get As in soon touch as with she her. got back into cell range, right? Everything lit up and she's like, oh, no. But now she can't seem to get a hold of him. So she basically just heads back to Windsor Castle and gets unpacked and waits for Sir Simon to call her back. Right. Which takes until 1 a.m. Which is crazy. Which is when his working day apparently is <laughs> is done. So she grabs her laptop. She, despite the jet lag, she heads over to his office where he's nursing some whiskey <laughs> to help keep himself it, up. It does not surprise me to find out that absolutely everybody there drinks. Oh, yeah. The like, queen drinks. Not shocked at all. And he basically catches her up on the situation and is like, so... There was a party. The Russian delegation brought in some entertainment. One of the entertainers was found dead. At first, it looked like it was... Accidental suicide? Well, accidental self-inflicted doom. But it's now turning out that it was probably murder. It looks like he was strangled and then set up to make it look like it was self-inflicted. That's where we're at. So now we get this enormous info dump. Yeah. Woo! There's, There's a lot to unpack here. First and foremost, as mentioned before... Yuri and Masha's staff is kind of being included in the suspect pool. So Simon says there's like 50 suspects, which would probably well, include most of the people at the party, a lot of the staff, right? anybody who's our has access to the castle. Our prime suspects are obviously the people he was closest to, mm-hmm. right? Yuri and Masha, because Yuri was the one who got him hired. Mm-hmm. He was dancing with one of the ballerinas, mm-hmm. so we knew that part. He knew Masha's lady's maid. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily the valet. No. And basically, the suspect list then continues to anyone else in the house. More or less, yeah. Which is a very lengthy list. Yeah. Now, the good news is we can kind of immediately discount the staff, possibly. Because, (laughs) well, Sir Simon runs down that the lady's maid for Masha is quite a petite woman. And it's very unlikely she could have strangled anybody. Yeah, so she knew him, she was close to him, but like probably very unlikely been able to kill him. And it makes sense that they might have known each other and been close because it's implied that Masha knew Brodsky and was close with him. Yes, So it makes sense that the people around her would also be familiar with him. Right. The valet, though, however, doesn't seem to have really known the man. So it's very unlikely he would have had a motive to kill him. Right. Seems unlikely. And I believe, I would have to double check the chapter, I believe they both had like reasonable alibis. They were both accounted for. Well, at the very least, uh, the valet was, he was called up to Masha and Yuri's chambers during, at some point during the wee hours of the morning. So it's 
seems unlikely that he would have had the opportunity to kill him. Right. Um, speaking of opportunities to kill, it seems unlikely either of the ballerinas did it as well. They were sharing yeah. a room and one of them was FaceTiming with her boyfriend most of the night. Yeah. And that can be accounted for. So. And the other, so therefore, can she can account for the other ballerina being in the room who left for like a bathroom break? Yeah. Well, it mentioned like the two of them barely left the room. Yeah, exactly. And so it's very unlikely they would have had time to commit a murder. Yes. And cover it up. Exactly. So it seems like... The people who were staying around him in the staff area probably were not involved and also were either occupied or accounted for in such a way that they wouldn't make a reliable witness, wouldn't have maybe noticed anything going on. Right, exactly. Yeah. We also learn a little bit more about some of Brodsky's movements that night because we know he was at the party until it wrapped up. Right. And we now find out that he was also accounted for as of 2 a.m. Yes, someone saw him having a cigarette. On a balcony. Outside. Very near the Queen's Chambers, in a place he should not have been. Yeah, he should not have been there, but they can attest, yes, it was him, yeah. yes, he was alive, it was 2 a.m. The reason why he was accounted for is because he was found by a policeman, basically. Yeah, who was in like, a, you can't smoke here. Yeah, you're not allowed to smoke here. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I just wanted to enjoy some fresh air and I got lost. That could be perfectly valid. Yeah, it's a little suspicious that he it was is. in a place that he shouldn't have been at 2 a.m., but it is plausible that he did get lost. He was at a party. It was wrapping up. He probably had a little bit to drink. He's in an unfamiliar place. It It's possible. But more importantly, it means that he is alive as of two in the morning. Right. Which, when you're investigating a murder, that kind of stuff matters. Yeah. We then kind of go into his background because Sir Simon has put out some feelers to figure out who this guy was because the queen wants to send her condolences. Also- A man died in her house under her watch- she feels bad about that. Also, he was murdered. Let's maybe look into him a little bit and figure out why. Yeah. In regards to his parents, there's not much there. And that's because one of them is dead and one of them is in the wind. Yeah. Missing. Yeah. Well, not not missing, but location unknown. Yeah. The one who's dead is his dad. Apparently, his dad worked as a lawyer for yes. some sort of hedge fund mm. in Russia around the time of the collapse of the Soviet Union. When it was... Probably a rough time to be a lawyer. A rough time to be a lawyer for a venture capitalist in a failing communist state. Right. And he was, he was murdered. Yeah. He, he was, was straight up murdered in yeah, broad daylight like in the street. stabbed on the street, yeah. I think. It, horrible. And Brodsky was about five? Yeah. I think he was just a, just a little kid when that happened. Uh, regarding his mom, we don't know too much except that apparently there was a history of mental illness. Yes. She ended up in some sort of hospital or institution or sanctuary. And don't they have know. no idea where she is right and, now. And yeah, there's no sign of her. She's unaccounted for. She's either lost in the system or is out on the street or is dead. No one knows. We don't know. But for Brodsky himself, despite the fact that he's, for all intents and purposes, an orphan at this point, he's actually been pretty well taken care of. Yeah. He has a mysterious benefactor, basically. Essentially, who yeah. offered him, like, training and education and a life in the UK. More or less, yeah. And funded all of it. Yeah. Um, and they don't know whom exactly. The best Sir Simon can kind of piece together is that maybe whoever had his dad killed had an attack of conscience, and then started, like, looking after the orphaned boy. Yeah. I mean, it could have been whoever his dad was working for. Also possible. Right? Like, if they were friends, if they were close, suddenly, you know, you're a wealthy Russian, your lawyer has been stabbed, he's got a son, 
well, maybe you look after the kid. Yeah. Right? There was some question, could that have been Yuri? And Sir Simon is like very unlikely because Yuri made his fortune more recently than during the collapse of the Soviet Union. So whoever was like looking out for this kid was older money than that. So it, it's probably something yeah, different. that makes sense. Either way, Brodsky has been taken care of right up to the present, actually, because yes. it's mentioned that like he works odd jobs for the most part to maintain his music habit, but he's got a nice place. Right. That he shouldn't be able to afford. But he does. But he does. So he's got a sugar daddy. Someone's looking after him. The flat you can kind of explain away because they said he shared it with someone. Yeah. So it's possible that he had a friend with money. Possible. And just lived with him and paid him whatever. Or her. We or don't her. we yeah. don't know who the roommate is. It's true. But we do know that he was living apparently above his means. Yes. So again, based on the based on situation. the work he had and the lifestyle he lived, those two things didn't quite line up. Indeed. The other thing that we didn't know that this confirms is that he is based in London. Yes. Like we thought maybe he had come in from Russia with Masha and Yuri, but no, he's actually based here in London. So that could be important to note. Yes. Now it's around this point that Rosie begins to think like, wow, this guy has like almost the archetypical spy backstory. Right? But she doesn't say it to Sir Simon because she doesn't want to look foolish because they have a they have a really fun relationship actually that I quite liked. These two are an interesting pair. She notes that Sir Simon feels old around her and she feels very like out of touch. Yeah, she feels very like naive around him. Around him. And so she kind of like clamps down on it, but he can see that she's thinking it. And he's like, you're wondering if he's FSB. And the truth is, maybe. Is FSB the successor of the KGB? Yes. Okay. I thought so, but I wanted to check with you because you would know these things. Uh, It's basically the Federal Security Service of the Russian Federation is what it translates into. Yeah, okay. Uh, but it's FSB for short. And yes, it is the main successor of the KGB. Of the KGB. So That's um, sort of what I assumed. Yeah. And Sir Simon is like, honestly, maybe. maybe. We don't know. He's not someone who's on our radar, but he could be. Right? We don't know. So plausible that he is a spy. He was a young man. Maybe he was new. He's also been in London for a while, and he's being bankrolled by someone in Russia, we can presume. so. Right. Even if he's not, like, on paper a spy, he could be an asset. Right? Exactly. So, maybe. Yeah. What we have is a whole bunch of, I don't know. Yeah, basically. The hair. We have one more important bit of evidence. Not his. Not Brodsky's. Between his neck and the cord around his neck. Yeah. Right? Uh, Basically, someone, while tying him up, managed to lose a hair. And it's clearly not his because it's long and it's brown. Right. The weird thing is, is it doesn't seem to match anybody who was at the party. Well, yeah, not not at like first glance. Yeah. Right? So obviously it's going to be tested. Yeah. Obviously. But, it, but at first glance, it doesn't seem to narrow it down to an obvious suspect. Yeah. No one at the party had obviously long brown hair. Apparently. Right. And so that is the interesting clue that Sir Simon is like, you might want to bring it up to the queen when you meet with her today. (laughs) Because she might need some cheering up. This is where Her Majesty uh, rivals a Miss Marple, where a good bit of sleuthing does wonders for your mood, right? As she's preoccupied with her upcoming birthday, the fact that Prince Philip isn't around, and that a murder has happened into her house. Getting her mind on a mystery might might help her keep... 
keep up her spirits. Those royal those royal gears are turning up there. Indeed. I'm excited to see where this goes. I really am. Also, I really like Rosie. I think she's great. Yeah, well, she's going to be one of our focus characters, we can presume. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I have a wildly irresponsible theory. It does Is this an accusation? No. Okay. Not yet. Because it's more or less been debunked, but it's just plausible enough in my mind. I also noticed all the spy movie parallels that Rosie did when she was getting that info. And it occurred to me that assuming that he is a spy, we don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. If he was, we're pretty sure it's not MI6 because MI6 would have just cleaned it up, swept it under the table. Her majesty would never have known. Yeah. they Right? If it was someone involved in the British service, one would presume they wouldn't make a mess in Windsor Castle. Right? He would have been spirited away and never heard from again. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. So we know it's not MI6. Oh, well, we can be reasonably certain that it wasn't MI6. Right. Which leads me to believe that this is a hit from a different government on the Russians, and they just happened to be doing it at Windsor Castle because they knew that's where he would be. There's another agent somewhere in the mix. So let's let's just pick the CIA because it's the most obvious, easiest choice. It doesn't have to be the CIA, but that means that one of our Russians is fake, right? And possibly a plant. And then my brain switched into action movie mode. And I was like, oh, maybe it's a Black Widow situation where one of our ballerinas is actually a super competent assassin. Except that both the ballerinas can more or less be accounted for. Except for the one who took a, like a bathroom break and a shower. Just saying, if this were a Marvel movie, ScarJo could totally do it, sneak in. She doesn't have to seduce him. There doesn't have to be any sex play. She could kill him right away, set the scene, be back before the hot water runs out. Right? You know what I mean? So, like, wildly irresponsible, probably not true, <laughs> only somewhat plausible. That's the scenario I came up with last night after I read the chapter. Now, we were introduced to a spy just last chapter. Well, probably. Yeah, a plausible spy. I mean, Kelvin again, Lowe, a man doing interesting work for the government in Djibouti. <laughs> right? I'm just saying. And he was in the castle, and he was underdressed for being in the castle. Very. I mean, we were name-dropped the guy. We've met him in person. Could he be involved in the murder? If there's If there's some sort of spy something going on? Maybe. Hard to say. But again... We haven't seen his hair because he was wearing a hoodie. Oh, that's true. So he could have long enough hair. Maybe. Maybe. We know he he might not be MI6, but he was in that meeting. Yeah. Oh, maybe MI6 was the front to get another assassin. This is turning into double and triple crosses here. Another assassin in there to kill this guy. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just pointing him out. I mean, he's another named character in the narrative. It's true. And he does have spy credentials. And if there is some spy craft at work, maybe we should be keeping an eye on him. Oh, yeah, maybe. Like I said, my theory is wildly irresponsible. Yeah. So. Oh, which reminds me, actually, there is one other piece of information that we, we definitively get here. And that Ooh. is that in the night, after like a certain hour, the castle's locked down. Oh, yeah. No one comes in or out without security knowing about it. 
and you have to like show credentials. And that includes even people who are regularly there and who are well known, like Sir Simon. Yeah. He can't get in or out in the night without like passing without, like, security. Yeah, without doing like a beep boop, double check, whatever it is they need to do. Yeah. Right. So, so it's unlikely that someone slipped in and slipped out. It had to have been someone who was in the building that night who committed the murder. Right. That does narrow our pool of suspects to the people who were there as opposed to literally everyone everywhere. It's still a long list of people. There were a lot of people in that building that night, yeah. right? Between staff and visitors and like invited guests, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I think we'll wrap it up there because there was a lot of juicy information in this chapter, but we're, we're starting to talk a little bit in circles and also the episode's getting a little long in the yeah, tooth. So we should not. So we're going to, we're going to wrap it up here. You're going to want to read up on chapter five in time for next week. Hopefully we'll learn a little bit more then, and maybe we'll have enough information to make an actual, very irresponsible accusation. <laughs> Highly so. irresponsible. But uh, yeah, you'll want to read up on that. In the meantime, you can of course give us a little rating and a review wherever you happen to download our podcast. We would appreciate it. Yeah, you can also reach out to us on social media. Oh, yes. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at the read-along on most of those to make us easy to find. Yep, you can also send us an email. Absolutely. Send your digital love to thereadalong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. I think Sir Simon's in on it, too. Thank you for joining us on The Read-Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois. All read-along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read-Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. Mm-hmm.